This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. How's it going? Welcome to another edition of Lead Singer Syndrome. My name is Shane Told. I am a lead singer myself in a band called Silverstein. And on this podcast, I interview other lead singers about what it's like to front a band. And this is actually episode 44, if you can believe it. So maybe, I, I don't know, do I have to say that every episode? Tell you what the podcast's about? Is that just a waste of time? I don't know, but... I feel like it's a good way to start. So that's that's where I'm going to start again on this episode. We have a great show this week. I talked to my old friend, dear friend, Brendan Murphy of Counterparts. They are a hardcore band, melodic hardcore band. I don't know what they call this music anymore. It doesn't matter. They're awesome. Uh, I'm sure most of you people know. What's going on with Counterparts? They are one of the up-and-coming uh, bands, I think, in the scene right now. We talk a lot about that. They've been a band for 10 years. I was shocked when he told me that. That's crazy. He's only 25. Uh, but they got a lot of big stuff coming up right now. They're going on tour with Parkway Drive, which is massive for them. Um, you know, And we, we talk a lot about how they came up kind of being underdogs in the scene a little bit, and I get his take on that. There's a lot of music industry talk in this episode, so I hope that's interesting for you. It's something that isn't really talked about. I mean, we talk about things like support tours and how much bands get paid and stuff, which maybe as a music fan, um, you don't really care about that stuff. Maybe it's, you know, you're just want to go to the show, see the band, and you don't really care about you know the financial ramifications of these things or, or how this all works on a on a hierarchy of bands. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that do find it kind of fascinating. Um, and especially, you know, my friends that that are in other bands, I'm sure will love this episode. So stay tuned because it's coming right now. I'm chilling in my office here, getting ready to go on a pretty cool tour. Um, 
Silverstein is going to China for the very first time. We're doing a festival in Shanghai. Uh, Nelly was supposed to be the headliner, but unfortunately Nelly couldn't get a Chinese visa, so he canceled. So I'm not sure who's headlining now. It looks like it's pretty much us and like 40 Chinese bands. So that should be interesting for us, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Shanghai. After that, we're jumping over to Japan for five shows with Cold Rain, which is going to be amazing. I am super excited if you are a listener in Japan, uh, which I don't know how many listeners I have in Japan. I haven't looked at my stats in a while, but if you're one of those people listening, please come out, come say hi. Uh, it's always nice to, to be able to speak to people in Japan because if you've ever been to Japan, it's a bit difficult with the language barrier. It really is tough over there. In other Silverstein news, we have kind of a world tour happening with Memphis May Fire and Devil Wears Prada. Uh, maybe not the world. USA and Europe and the UK. So, I mean, you know, a lot of the world is covered there. A decent chunk. So if you're in those regions, please check it out. If you go to SilversteinMusic.com, you can figure out where we're going to be and if we're going to be in your town. And if you can come down to the show. And we would love to have you. And as always, your feedback is welcomed. If you want to get in touch, we have very, very many ways you can do that. Right now, it's all about Snapchat. I am actually good at getting back to people on there for some reason. So please add me on Snapchat. It's the douchiest handle ever. It's real Shane told. And I I feel like I have to tell the story of why. So I got into the Snapchat game a little bit late. And, you know, my social media is Shane told for everything because my name is fairly unique. On Instagram, it's Shane Told. On Twitter, it's Shane Told. So I tried to sign up, and not only did I find it was taken on Snapchat, but somebody was using it and apparently like macking on chicks uh, on Snapchat. So I decided to be clever. I would get real Shane Told just to kind of stick it to that person. And uh, I don't really like the name now, but anyways, hey, add me. Real Shane Told. Also, of course, we're on Twitter. At Lead Singer Sin, S-Y-N. Instagram, at Lead Singer Syndrome. We have a Facebook page, which you can search or whatever. It'll come up. And, of course, if you just want to email me, you can write as long a message as you want. I will definitely read it. I am horrible at getting back to people on email, but I do read all my email. So check that out. It's Lead Singer Syndrome at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, if you buy things online, if you use Amazon specifically, if you use our Amazon affiliate link, anything that you buy, whether it's a, a small purchase or a big purchase, our show gets 4%. And that stuff does add up. It does keep the lights on around here, so to speak. So check that out. All you do is go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. It brings you right to the Amazon homepage. And you, you just log in as normal. You won't even know anything's different. But when you do make a purchase, we do get some kickback in the form of 4%. So check that out again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. And one more thing, if you like the show, please write a review on iTunes and make sure you're subscribed. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud or like, I don't know, somewhere weird, just make sure that, boom, you hit the subscribe button. Uh, If you're subscribed, if you write reviews for the show, the reason I ask you to do this is because it does help us with the rankings. It helps more and more people find out about this podcast. And obviously, the bigger this podcast gets, the better, Uh, you know, to see this thing grow. We'll have more and more things going on. It'll be very exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited that you guys have been so rad to me listening to this. All the feedback's been so great. So thank you so much for the support. It really does warm my little Canadian heart. 
Also, as we mentioned in this podcast a little bit, I did put out on my record label, Verona Records, the first Counterparts album. And I do still have vinyl um, of that, both on orange and blue, and CDs and posters. So you can check that out if you want at veronarecords.com. A lot of people think that that's out of print. It's not. I still have them. So check it out, veronarecords.com. Anyways, hey, let's jump into it. We got a great episode. Here it is, my conversation with Brendan Murphy of Counterparts. How you doing? I'm good. Just got back from the goddamn eye doctor, so I can't see shit. But aside from that, I'm pretty good. <laughs> really, the the goddamn eye doctor. What, what do they What do they do to your eyes? Or you, you know just... how like they they do that? Um, like you get your tests where they're like, okay, which is better, one or two, like all that, and then they give you those drops that dilate your pupils like huge. That's what I'm like. Like I got home not too long ago, so it's just like like you're not supposed to drive, and I didn't have anybody to take me, so I was like, all right, I guess I'm just fucking doing this. So <laughs> oh, man. Like, I'm like driving home, squinting. Like you, you, like I don't know. If I were to get pulled over, I would have been thrown in jail. Like they'd think I'm like you know on LSD or some shit. Like my pupils <laughs> were like they were huge, but I'm good now. I made it home safely. I only hit a couple cars so far. Only me. a few cars. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. The cops <laughs> ran off fast enough. The cops won't find you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, well, no they problem. never guess because there's a police station at the top of my street. So fuck it, they don't think to look down here. Exactly. I'll hide no. in my abo- I'll hide in my, in my four foot above ground pool in the backyard. If, uh, no, it's like <laughs> if, it's if like they, in uh, Grand Theft Auto when you just drive into the like the paint shop and they they paint your car a different color and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, no exactly. Nice, yeah. dude. Nice. So you wear you wear glasses or contacts or? Um, I I wear glasses every now and then. Like I, I wear them when I'm like usually when I'm driving. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do contacts. That's that's like another thing. That's like another whole thing with the eye doctors. Like, um, I get really weirded out by like eye stuff. Like, um, you know, like like seeing people put contacts in, or like, yeah. you know, people who have like bloodshot eyes. Like, it like freaks me out. No, totally. So them trying to put the drops in my eyes a whole ordeal. Then they do the stupid air blow test thing, and like I hate that. It's like I, I was posting about it on Twitter. I was like, I'd legit rather just like wake up to five bodybuilders kicking my ass and have to do that <laughs> well I, yeah I'm, I'm lucky man i i haven't had any vision issues at all and both That's my sick. parents wear glasses but my sister and i were both fine and i um i'm just waiting for that one day when like i can't see shit but so yeah, far like i'm like that that was like me like i i had when i was growing up i remember they like made a big deal about it because i had like 2010 vision or whatever like it was like better than 2020 right, right. and then I, I don't know what happened it was just like I mean, it was probably like, you know, right around the time that like MySpace was really big. So I was on the computer a lot. And then it was just like, then my eyes are, you know, my eyes are shot. So I'm like, I'm trying to build Tom for my, uh, for my glasses. He can yeah, pay Bill for Yeah, build Tom, my, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's rich enough. He can pay for my, Where for my Ray-Bans. guy, I wonder? I wonder what Tom from MySpace is doing right now. 
I I looked it up not too long ago. He like <laughs> he's a he's a photographer and like I mean I, he sold he sold MySpace for you know millions or billions or God knows how much. Yep. But um yeah now he just kind of like hangs out and is like a photographer sure. and just yeah. travels all over and takes pictures because like I guess he. He wanted to do that, and now he's got the money to. So. Well, he knows a lot of people. It, that's for sure. He's got a lot of friends. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot. Yeah, he's in he's like real, real good, like real good, uh, real good standing with all of them too. They're always like he's high, he's high up in the top eight. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, man. Well, that's that's the thing. Like MySpace is something that I don't even know if you know. Like you, you know, you're a younger band and younger generation, and and you have yeah. a lot of younger fans. I just wonder if anybody realizes like from that generation like how big myspace was and especially how important for music it was i don't think they have a clue man well honest honest to god like that was like seriously my like the the myspace era like you know that time like the early like it was what like it was a it was really popular from what around like 2000 like 2003 to um yeah i would guess like about o- like two like, maybe like oh four to like oh eight Kinda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember, like, around the time that we put out profits, we like, um, or yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think like MySpace was still a thing, man. Yeah, it was. It was still a thing, but it was that was right when we were like, oh shit, like we have to make like a Facebook now and yep. like have like a Facebook band page and stuff like that. And I remember it being, you know, I remember the change. And yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I really don't think that kids you know, younger kids now, like the kids who, who are like listening to, you know, I, like I would think like for a lot of the, like, you know, for Silverstein, for example, a lot of your fan base like grew up in, in that time. And they, you know what I mean? Like if you ask, like you're at a Silverstein show and you scream like MySpace, like everyone in the room is going to know what's going on. Right. At our show, I think people would be like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't right. know what that is. That's like, for old people. Is that like LinkedIn? You know, it's, it's like, but yeah, but the, the significance of MySpace though, I mean, you're, you have to remember that at that time there wasn't really anything else like Twitter didn't exist yet. There was no yep. Instagram. There was no Snapchat, you know, and Facebook was there, but it was still like it was a smaller thing and it wasn't really for music. Facebook was very um, I go to university like yes. I need to like get notes from this person who sits behind me. So I'm going to find them and contact them. Whereas like MySpace was, um, you know, I remember that was like. Yeah, like that, like literally that's how I would meet people. You know what I mean? Like you would, you would see your friends talking to somebody and then you'd be like, oh shit, like, okay, well, I went to their profile and their profile song was like 7861. Uh, Or like, oh, you know, or like, oh no, it was Metricroid. Like, never mind. I'm not going to send them a friend request, like that kind of shit. And then, you know what I mean? So, and like that's how you, that's how you met. Yeah. You you know, and like I, I remember when I first went to high school, like I started high school in 2005. And, um, there was, there used to be like the high school pages and there'd be like a moderator and, you know, like you could log on and see, you know, like kids from your school talking and, you know, about, and and every now and then you'd be like, okay, that, that guy's got like the emo hair. So I gotta try, (laughs) I gotta try and find him on day one. Cause then maybe we won't get initiated or whatever (laughs) kind of stuff. But yeah, but yeah, it was honestly, it was, uh, that was like one of the coolest times for music, I think. And then I think about like all the, you know, like just finding new bands. Like, yeah. like I made a joke about a top, like about top eights, but that's literally how you would find your favorite yeah, bands. Know. You know what I mean? You would, okay, well, um, you know, 
Taken has like this band Shy Halud in their top eight, so I'm gonna go listen to them. Oh, this is actually sick. Oh, Misery Signals, what's that? You know, and like absolutely, yeah. And, and it was just the coolest. Like it, it was, it was like Last FM and Facebook and all those kind of like rolled into one. Yeah, absolutely. And there was no YouTube either at that time. I mean, at least yeah, or exactly. if there was, it wasn't like so music driven. Like they didn't have like you couldn't just listen to audio like you can yeah, yeah. now. I, I remember, you know, so yeah, I remember um, YouTube being like, you know, I remember. I'm trying to think, like fucking 2005, 2006, maybe. Um, I, I think, I think, like I don't know. I'll check when YouTube was wasn't was created, and I'll try and align my story real quick. But, uh, <laughs> but it was like sometime in the mid late 2000s when it came out, and I started seeing like, oh shit, there's like a, you know, like it was like before for funny videos, I would have to go on like Ebombs World and, um, you know, like sites like that. Totally. Or you would have to like you know, try and download a music video off Kazaa and you would get some something terrible and you'd be like, oh shit, like how do I send this to people? I guess I can send it to them on MSN or AIM or whatever. I know, it's just but, funny, man. You know, you know what I mean? Like it would be like, oh sure. shit, like there's a video of like some guy getting blown up and I think it's, I don't know if it's real or not, like that kind of stupid shit that you watch when you're a kid. But, um, or an adult, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like lately, lately I've been watching a lot of dog videos. That's pretty much what I'm, that's my that's my my uh, that's up my alley. <laughs> a lot less depressing shit You're, as I'm getting older. Let's but. talk about your um, let's talk about your social media presence. Um, okay. For all the people that want to follow you on Twitter, uh, what's your handle? Uh, the handle's Brendan nine oh five. It's B R E N D A N nine oh five. Okay. Now you guys got to follow um, follow Brendan on Twitter, especially because you're a pretty funny dude on there. Thank you. And Thank you. I, <laughs> and you a don't lot of it comes seem from boredom. Really? Really? Like okay. Yeah. So, like, every now and then, you know, some people will ask. They'll be like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, like, yeah, like you're you're really funny and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, honestly, it's like in the time it took for my like bagel to pop out of the toaster, I thought of something really stupid and just posted it. Right. And you don't and, care, like, basically. Yeah, yeah. And like that, that's the thing is, I think that you know a lot of a lot of guys in in bands, you know, especially like serious bands, like they get worried about posting that like yeah you know i every day there's some new like someone will tweet and be like oh like it's so weird that you know i listen to counterparts and the lyrics are so exactly you know meaningful and then i go to you know brendan's twitter and it's like a fucking nut house and it's like yeah but you know i don't really take myself seriously like if i walked around in the same mind frame that i am in when i'm writing counterparts lyrics i'd be severely bummed out every single day <laughs> so you know yeah, what i mean it's like absolutely. i need that I need that little touch of like, okay, I'm going to try and make some people laugh real quick. Right. And, well, and I, I love it. And it's the fastest way to get, you know, if I think of, if, if I'm with my friends and I think of something stupid and we're all like, you know, sitting in my basement, like playing fucking cards or something. And I, we like, someone makes a joke and we're all laughing about it and I'll post it on Twitter. And then it's just like, you know, it, it's, it's like, yo, that's really funny. Like, how can I share that with a bunch of people and make them laugh? Like, okay, I'll just put it on Twitter. Well, that's interesting. But, like that, that was totally my question. Like, I guess what kids ask you, it's the same question I had, yeah. but, but you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing because there's kind of two sides, I think to everybody's life, which is like serious and not serious, you know, and nobody's sure. serious yeah, all the time. No one's not serious all the time. Yeah. And I wonder like, you know, you talk about, well, it's important for you to write lyrics that are serious, that are, you know, uh, emotional that you're trying to like, you're trying to help people, um, yeah, of course. You know, give people a sense of hope. But at the same time, when you're not doing that, it's also important for you to 
make people laugh or make people have a good time or make, you know. So in, yeah, in some yeah. ways, and, it's and, kind of like you're helping people out regardless of which side of your personality it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's, you know, that that is really cool for me. Like I, I love – you know, I love the fact that I can I can write it I can write lyrics to a song that, you know, they mean like a, it means a whole lot to me. And you know, hearing something like, hey, you know, like that song really helped me when I was going through a hard time. Like I, I bring that. That's like a big reason why we're the type of band that we are. Yeah. But then also, I you know, I love I love making people laugh. Like I love hanging out with my friends and joking and you know, like just just cracking everybody up like that's like the most fun that i have right so well and you, you know your if stage, i can do both sure and your stage persona is like i mean i guess with you to be honest like you never really know what you're gonna get yeah yeah i mean it, it is very dependent <laughs> on it's dependent on mood it's dependent yeah. on you know how like if we got a bottle of jameson before the show or not like that kind of <laughs> stuff it's like you know it's it's dependent but um the one thing that I always try and do, and like I, you know, I think like we even do this as a as a as a band, like whether it's, um, you know, like a like a subconscious thing, or if it's just, you know, like we don't really try, but um, we just want to be like a real band, you know what I mean? Like we don't want to have people at the shows and like, you know, I, I'm not going to go on stage and put on this like big show and be like, hey, we're you know, we're this serious band. Like if I, you know, if some guys like fucking. Like I can see anything that's happening through the night and I can, you know, before one song I can be like, Hey, you know, this one's about, for example, ghosts, like my grandfather with Alzheimer's. And then I've like, you know, turned around and been like, uh, this one's about, um, my friend Kenny, he's over there. Like, you know, like just like stupid shit like that. And, and it's really like, um, you know, like it, it's kind of, you kind of just like work. I don't know. You like work off your surroundings, right? Yes. Like if someone's, if someone's moshing in like a fucking hot dog costume, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make fun of them for it. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, like not in, not like I'm mad that they're doing that, but it's just like okay, this is like that's something funny. Like, you know, there's been times where I've had to, I guess, like stop the show and kind of yell at kids for fighting or like you know hitting people for no reason, like that kind of shit. But then there's also times where, you know, I've like literally fought, like I fell face first. Um, off stage in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, I think it was. Yeah. At that venue, like right downtown, real close to Yale. What, to- like uh, I Toad's, literally like Toad's place. Um, I think so. Like it, it's like a big like theater. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I know there's like a Shake Shack real close though. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, but yeah, when we were on Common Vision last summer, I like fell like on my ass, and I just like couldn't even finish the song because I was laughing so hard. And then I immediately went into this big thing about like, yo, if anybody's parents are like lawyers, like I think I might sue the venue and just watching like all, all the security guards turn around and like start sweating. And they're like, oh shit. And all that stuff. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like you kind of just, sure, kind of just feel, feel it out. Like there's, there's nights when I'll, I'll be very serious and I'll, you know, I actually like have, I guess not like an agenda, but I have, it's like, okay. I want to talk about this before we play the song because it means a lot. And then there's times where I'll, you know, I'll literally like, I'll yell fucking Austin Powers quotes before a breakdown. Like, cause it's just, it's, right. you know, it, it really just depends on, on the mood. And if I think, if I think people are going to, are going to like, are going to like it, whether they're going to laugh or they're going to be like, Oh God damn. Like, that's really cool that, you know, Oh, I didn't know that's what that song was about. That's actually really cool that he's saying that. Um, if I can either, either reaction to me is, is pretty cool. And I think that's, that's just what I try to do 
every day, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm not. I'm sure there are people who just see my Twitter and go like, "Yo, this dude's an actual dumbass." But <laughs> then they'll meet me and I'll have a conversation and they'll be like, "Oh shit, I thought you were, you know, I thought you were like brain dead or whatever." I'm like, "No, unfortunately, I mean to an extent, yeah, of course, yes, but yes. you know, but I can definitely, you know, I, I can, I can hold my own and kind of give off a different vibe. You know, I normally save it for it's like, oh, I have to meet." this girl's parents that I'm into like, okay, I'll be the smart one today. And then after a week and a half, it's like, yo, I'm your dumbass son-in-law. It's good. But right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean this whole idea of, you know, keeping it real on stage, just kind of going with the flow. I really think that it, it not only just stems from, you know, just hardcore and like, and, and, and all that, you know, but for sure. just the way we grew up and yeah, for yeah, people, for people that don't know, um, you know, you and I grew up in the same scene. I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but we grew up in the same, you know, you know, your, your Twitter is yeah, Brandon 905 and we yeah. called it, we called it the 905 scene, which is the area code, uh, in the Western sub- suburbs of Toronto and, and Hamilton where you're from. Yep. And, um, you know, that whole, all the nice play, like Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville, right. uh, St. Catharines, like, you know, even like, because I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that when when I was in high school, you know, and I was, you know, and I was starting and it was just like, okay, I'm in like the ninth grade. I really didn't have a way to just like tell my parents like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to um, the cathedral and see a show in Toronto. And yeah. they'd be like, what the fuck? No way. Oh, yeah. But telling them like, I'm going to the Formac in Burlington to see a show. They're like, oh, do you need a ride? It's only 10 minutes away. It's right. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. No. Well, well so, that's a big part of why we had such a great scene in the suburbs for sure. For sure. It but, was but, actually insane. Like, it was the actually insane. I tell people a- are- absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I will never downplay how amazing the scene was, all the bands and everything and how, how much it of means course. to me. And um, but basically back back to like what I'm trying to to say and what I'm trying to ask you is like, you know, Obviously, Counterparts was influenced by like bands like mine, bands like uh, you. You mentioned Taken, who are from Southern California, but kind of, of basically <laughs> from Hamilton because they were so. Yeah, big. I think it's, it's weird. I saw I saw Ray post a post a photo like last night that's just just like oh like Taken at Sonic Onion Basement Hamilton. Ontario. Yeah, I saw I the like, photo, dude. and and the photo has George and Dallas from. Alexis like in the front row and then another yeah. like who's yeah. who's of like bands and it's like you know Dallas has his shirt off like you know that really speaks of a time when like bands were watching each other's bands for and, sure like, yeah, and, like, absolutely. and like this the thing is is like you're influenced by these bands I was influenced by bands before and the thing was is like there was no fashion there was no of course like no one cared there was no like planning out sets there was no lights shows there was no fucking sound crazy pa nobody had an ego riser there was like nothing like that and every show was off the cuff i remember ray harkins from taken who's also the you know 100 words or less podcast uh, host i remember him telling a story of the last time they played at the oakville pine room when he literally shit his pants on stage he told the story (laughs) about after having a licks veggie burger it made him shit himself on stage so Those are the kinds of things that influenced your band and my band, and I think that that's what's led us into basically not faking it, not being, you know, not having this this like you know rock star agenda. Because let's face it, bands these days, there's no local scene. They're growing up. They're seeing big bands put on big light shows, and that's what they're trying to emulate. Yeah, yeah, dude. Even even like. You know, not not to say that we, you know, that we like started uh, like counterpart counterpart specifically. Not to say that we started like 
you know, we were, we were like ahead of our time by any means, but you know, we had like a couple years on some of these other bands, um, like, like local bands in the area. Right. And, and I remember the first time I went to a show and the band had lights right. and it was just like, you know, and they had like the ego riser things and all that stuff. And I remember being like, Oh, holy shit. Like that's, that's fucking nuts. And then it seems like, it seemed like, you know, a couple weeks later, every single band, you, you know, you, you, we'd like, we'd play a local show, like we'd hop on, like opening some show and every other band on the bill, you know, they had their own lights and stuff, but then you turn around and it'd be like, okay, like, you, you know, you'd go to the room where the gears are like the, the gear stored and where people keep their deads and shit. And there'd be all these like lights and fucking ego risers and all that. And then people would come up and be like, okay, so who has gear we can use? And I was just like, well, what the hell? Like, yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't you buy that? Shouldn't you buy that first? Like you your, know priority, I mean? your priorities are kind of fucked up here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and I, but I, I think that, like you said, I think it's directly because of, you know, growing up and only seeing these huge bands and being like, well, I saw, you know, this band play the closest major city to me and they had like a backdrop and lights and all this stuff. And like that, that must be, you know, that must be it. So then you have these younger bands like focusing on that where, you know, where they should just be focusing on writing cool songs that they're proud of, you exactly. know, but, and I mean, I don't even like, I don't hate on, on that stuff now. Like I think, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a little silly when we, when we go on tour and there'll be, you know, not even in like an offensive way, but like a band opening, uh, like, you know, a bit like a, like an opening band, like local band opening up for the package. And, you know, they've got like the scrims and yeah. they've got all this shit. And it's just like, man, you know what I mean? Like you kind of have like a 15 minute set, like, you know, you're going through all this trouble and people aren't even through doors yet. Like when I see, right. you know, when, when we both played Webster hall recently yeah, and you guys and census fail and everybody was upstairs and we were downstairs. Like when I see the show that you guys have and like census fail, like the lights that you guys do, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. I see that and I'm like, this is so sick. Like you guys are giant bands. You have the money to do it. Like, fuck yeah and you like you got big because you guys wrote sick songs and you guys put out amazing records not because you had lights like no one's exactly. at the show being like exactly like yo like, i got a like, record deal like which band has the brightest lights here like let's fucking go it's like some people were trying to do their career backwards like they're starting with yeah, this big sure. production and then they're like then they're like oh yeah we got to write songs you know yeah and, yeah, and i sure. think like, you know it's an interesting I've got the thing. live show mapped out but we just got to pay this producer to write our record for us <laughs> yeah. like that and kind that's of and that's like, a real thing we won't literally get into that see it. it's crazy but but like with your band i mean it's funny you know you talk about the other local bands you came up with and how you guys were like a little more uh, a little ahead of them and i mean it's funny cuz obviously for you guys it's worked out a lot and you guys have put out four records you've been very yeah. successful you yeah. guys have toured the world um with not really any gimmicks yeah i you know i think it's um yeah you know not not to say that that those other bands didn't work hard by any means cuz like you know we grew up together we were all helping each other but yeah i i don't really know why us out of all the other Ontario bands at the time. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that when we were getting bigger, like all the biggest Ontario bands were kind of either breaking up or like on that downfall. So kids were just like, Oh, well this band's breaking up. So I guess counterparts show in a couple of weeks. That's cool. <laughs> I, you know, I Dude, think, don't, I think don't downplay helps. like that, man. You guys are a pretty fucking good band. <laughs> That's you. funny. Well, everyone else broke up. We were the last man standing. It's like the, you're the last uh, shrimp boat in Forrest Gump. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. Yeah, it's just like, you know, but but the, you know, that that's the thing and and I think you know, I think when bands decide to call it like obviously it's one of two things, right? Like it's either there's either tension going on in the band and they fucking hate each other and they hate doing it or they love doing it but it's just getting less and less feasible to yeah. do it. Like, you know, yeah. less and less kids are coming out. So that's that's always been my thing with with counterparts is like um you know, if we ever go to hate each other or we ever, you know, we do a headliner and there's this and there's, let's say, this many kids coming. Oh, the next one we did, there was actually like less. Oh, shit. Now it's even less. Like once we notice like or like, you know, or just something like that where it's it's losing steam. I, I think that's really what it would take. But until then, it's like, man, I we all, you know, we all have fun. Like we love playing shows together. I love traveling, so like I'm gonna do it for free for as long right. as I can. There you go. Um, and you know things, it's all small increments, right? Like that's one thing I would always use to uh, to compare our band to some others is like the, you know even bands that we came out around the same time and they shot up, but it's like as quick as they you know rose, that's like as quick as they fall. Absolutely right. And we we've been on this like steady little right you know, incline, like, and I think like, you know, it's like, like very similar to you guys, right? Like you just kind of start and rather than like fucking this roller coaster of up down, it's just like this steady grow. And I think as long as we have that, we'll probably still be a band. Absolutely, man. Well, I want to talk about all that. Um, but first I want to, I want to jump back a little bit and talk about some of the early days. Um, because it's a unique story and our relationship is unique because, Uh, you know, some of the guys in my band, you know, well, Paul, who um, who is our drummer and yep. Richard, who actually runs New Damage Records, who you're assigned to now in Canada. Yep. They basically discovered you guys. And yeah, I, I think it, it was a it was a it was between them. And um, I think it was like we played. Oh, with Paul Mark, too. Yeah. My yeah band with yeah, I am committing with, a sin. With, exactly. Yeah. When, when we played, it was I th- I believe it was. Oceans and I am committing a sin. Were they were on tour? Yeah, and um, I want to say a sight for some eyes too. That maybe could be very maybe well not, true, yeah. or maybe, maybe that happened before. But yeah, I remember we opened that show, and I just remember like last note getting off stage, and you know all of I am committing a sin, like you know Kelly included, who ended up playing you know playing for us. In it's your like band, yeah. Every, everybody was there, like yo, like that was fucking sick, like that was awesome, and. You know, and then word got back, yeah, because Paul Mark yeah, at that exactly. time was playing in I Am Committing a Sin, and he was like, you know, just really close with us. I think he's actually right after that working for us too, like he was going on tour with us. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, now he's in yeah, our band, but so. um, no, and that's that's kind of wild. And then obviously I got on board and I put out your first record, yep, uh, Profits on my label, and that kind of got your start going. And um, of course, we owe you for that one. Seriously, well, like, that I mean, was that was it, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's still a great record. I mean, I I still throw it on from time to time yeah i still i still do like it aside from the fact like i put on this show that that we all hate it and stuff like that but we really don't it's still like (laughs) you know like 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 obviously as you know that was our first record and we've put out three more and you know us like and an ep so it's just like you know when i think about when i look at everything like obviously you know like i'm sure it's the same for you guys like you guys want to play the newer stuff it's what you're most proud of at the moment but yep. when I when I go back and listen to it, like like half of me is like, oh fuck, like I that that lyric is so stupid, like or why do I sound like that? But then at the same time, I'm just like, well, I was 19 years old, 
So that was six years ago. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it. Then it kind of puts it into perspective. Like, oh yeah, I remember writing lyrics to that song. Like, like an hour before I went to my high school graduation, like that kind of shit. When right. and then it, then it makes it, it definitely makes it a lot cooler, you know, because of the memories attached to it. And I'm sure there's, there's kids that don't listen to counterparts at all anymore, but then they might hear goodbye Megaton or sturdy wings or something like that and be like, Oh shit. Like I remember, I remember seeing them play the Casbah in 2000, like at the, at the release show for this in 2010, like that kind of stuff. Right. And it's, you know, I really think it's like a time and place thing. So yeah. we're, we'll always be proud of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I'm sure. Well, as time goes on too, and you know, you guys are, it, it, you know, you guys are not a new band anymore. You put out four records, you know, of course. Uh, four records in a, quite a short period of time, but four records. Come January, we, we've been a band for 10 years. Okay. So well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. You guys are not a new yeah. band. And, and I mean, obviously like what starts happening and, and I, I can relate to this cause my, my band's been a band for now. We're on our 16th year, but, uh, yep. You start to think more and more about your legacy, and you start sure. to think more and more about all these albums you put out, what they mean to you, what they mean to your fans, and each album is a snapshot of uh, you know a certain time in your life where you were, of course, you were writing absolutely. And I've never, we've never really shit talked any of our records except for Arrivals and Departures, but that was more just the recording process um, yep. than the final product. But I think it's important not only to. Um, embrace who you were but in some ways still celebrate it and um of course you know, with all the 10-year yeah. tours going on and stuff I, I have no problem with them um and also it's important for I us to play them. it's every record that i ever that i ever loved like just getting like packaged up and yeah. hand delivered to my door like hey sure hey do you want to come see under like hey do you want to come see the use like all these bands that that were my favorite bands and it's you know it's it's like putting them in a little package being like hey i know remember this thing you care about like well now you're 25 and you can you know get fucking blackout and watch your favorite record of all time <laughs> in new york city on your birthday and it's like oh sick okay there you go man yeah, yeah. that's no um <clears throat> yeah fuck no uh but um god damn i lost my train of thought um we, we were talking oh, about like, the legacy, uh, yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, like um, legacy stuff, and yeah. So, so I mean, in in some ways, like I think like, we try to play, we try to play something from every record when we play, at least, you know. For sure. And Same here. for you guys, kind of saying, "Oh, we're going to retire like songs and stuff." I think it's kind of a bad move when you're talking about your legacy. Have you kind of reconsidered that? Because I know for a long time you weren't playing like any stuff from Prophets. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, now it, it it's kind of dependent on where we are. Um, like lately, like, you know, we, we did like that three little weekend run and we've been throwing, you know, older songs and stuff like that because of the, you know, it's like, okay, we're playing Hamilton. Like let's right. throw like John Locke in or something like that. Yep. Um, but, uh, when, like when we, when it comes time to make the set list, it, it, like there's so many, like, I'm sure it's the same as you guys, right? Like there's so many different factors that will be like, okay, you know, what kind of people are, are in the crowd tonight? Like when we did a tour, when we did that tour with the Acacia Strain and, Kubicon yeah. and fit for an autopsy and all that it was like you know we were like okay we're gonna play like the, the really heavy ones like well we'll do the heavy shit and then you know you turn around and we're like okay we're doing europe with stick to your guns like let's play like the catchier songs like or even the same you know the last tour we did with architects same thing like okay there's there's like a thousand people who have no idea who we are yep like let's play the catchy ones to kind of reel them in and see you know see if they like it and you know a lot of that goes into it and i think location's another thing too like in canada i feel like in canada we could play 
something off profits every night and uh, you know kids will go like they'll go nuts for it but i'm i'm curious to see if like you know for a while we we were doing a lot more stuff off current and a couple of things off profits in the u.s and they weren't going over as well as when we were playing new songs yeah so I, I i think that that's really that's really like the deciding factor is like where we are what kind of tour we're on um and like you know that's Absolutely. what goes into making the set um Absolutely. but yeah like for a while you know like there's uh, there's always songs off off profits and even current that we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll always keep those in in the pocket and we'll always jam them and be like, yeah, we can we can bust that out if need be. That's but, good. No, that's great, yeah. man. So um, after that, you you guys after you guys were um put out the record with me on Verona, yeah. um, you guys signed a victory, <clears throat> yeah. and um, it was well, it's it was a bit of a weird thing because you know Silverstein, we were on victory for four records, of course. and at yeah. that time we had just. I believe we had finished with Victory, and we were. I think so. Yeah, I think we were. We hadn't signed to a new label yet, but and you guys kind of said like, "Hey, uh, we're going to sign to Victory. What do you think?" And we're like, eh, "I mean, you know, like Victory. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. Victory." And you guys kind of did it anyways, despite yeah, yeah, for sure. you know my advice and Paul's advice in a way. Um, yeah. But that being said, Victory did kind of put you guys on the map. In the U.S., in the rest of the yeah, world, yeah, because at absolutely. that time, really, you guys yeah. were just doing stuff in Canada, and you know, my label is was exclusively Canadian. Um, of so, uh, you know, obviously, you guys have moved on since. Uh, you put out what three, two records on Victory. So, um, yep, I'm just kind of wondering, like, what your mindset was then, and how it was, and 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 just kind of how you, what your what your kind of journey had been uh, through those Victory years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we like. Um, when we initially signed, um, there weren't too many options. Like we were, we were already at the point where we were like, you know, we were getting asked to tour with all these American bands and we were like even playing American shows and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, when it, you know, when the time came and it was like, yo, victory's giving us an offer. And we had already had time booked at, with, at like with Jay from defeater to do, um, to do current. Yeah. And, you know, we'd gotten a price for it and we're like, fuck, okay. Like that's, you know, twice as much as profits, but whatever, like we got to do it. So when we got the victory offer, we were like, okay, you know, like, like we're not, you know, we like, we're dumb, but we're not, you know, we're not dumb. We're not that dumb. It's like, we obviously knew all the stories. We listened to you guys. Um, you know, we've heard, you know, like that, that like, nine paragraph uh thing that's going around right now that's like been oh revived. it's back like, yeah 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 right where people are sharing it's like yo i literally read that before we signed the victory like right um but you know the but you still you still it, did it because victory still like was a big label and they still know how to sell records and you knew you could tour of course absolutely and and that was you know and that was it and it, and it was like the offers were coming in and it was like oh shit you know not only are they going to pay for our record like they're gonna they're gonna buy us our, our work visas to come tour the u.s every year and you know now i mean now you turn around and it's like oh how much are the visas like P, like oh p1's five grand like yeah who cares fuck yeah take it but back then it was like a couple thousand dollars was you know that was like the end of the of world for, a, ba- for yeah, a band like sure. us and you know when we had let alone like six grand to do a record or whatever and then all then you know then getting it out and it was just like shit you know there's there's this label that wants to do all this stuff for us and they only want one album and one option. And, you know, this might not be the worst, the worst thing in the world. So, 
you know, so we, we ended up doing it and it was just like, uh, and you know, at the time I think we had to choose between victory or like media scare. And we were like, well, media scare has every band that sounds like us minus us. So, and victory doesn't. So let's just, you know, and victory was a bigger name obviously. So we're just like, fuck yeah, you know, we're going to do that. And then we did it. Um, and yeah, shortly after our record was, it was in the U S and, we were going out with close your eyes a lot and they were like really like really popping off and right because they were uh, like, victory too yeah yeah that yeah. was like their heyday so we were touring with them all the time we were doing you know all these all, all this stuff and it was it's seemingly because of the fact that our record was now available in, in america and that's when we started getting a lot of we would do a lot of tours and people would come up and be like oh shit like wait you guys you guys sit on stage you're from canada like oh i thought i didn't i didn't know that and yeah. it really like I think that really drove home the fact that like a lot of Americans don't like they really don't get exposed to a lot of Canadian bands. No, you, know, they, you, they you don't. see it with yeah, and, like you see it with like the biggest um, like. Well, let's one talk about the tragically hip for a second. <laughs> of course, absolutely. I mean that is the like the one because I mean all, all the Canadian listeners That's listening to this Canadian right now band. are going to know all about that story about <laughs> for sure. and no Americans will know it and they will never even have even heard of the tragically hip and so real quick absolutely. the tragically hip is a band uh, from Kingston Ontario Canada that has had decades of success on the radio um, and playing live and everything and and they're kind of <laughs> legends and their singer was recently diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer. And decided they decided they would do one last tour. And the last show they played yep. in their hometown was broadcast on on Canadian, you know, CBC, the the you know the biggest Canadian station, like one of the largest news channels. And yeah. the prime minister of our country was there. So, and it was very very emotional. And that's the kind of, of thing. Whereas, where like every Canadian knows this, and no American knows it. And it was like the biggest music story of the year in Canada. Of course, yeah. And you, like when you think about it, like. Um, I was talking to like, cause our, our sound, like our TM and like sound guy, his name is Neil and he works at, he works at the venue in Buffalo waiting room. Yeah. But he also, he also does like a whole bunch of festivals and stuff like that. And he was, you know, he was, he like, he, he knew about it. And like, uh, you know, <clears throat> our bass player, Brian, like lives in Buffalo as well. Oh, and, the border um, towns are different. Of course. Yeah. I was going to say like, they, they're completely aware, like, you know, Neil was like, uh, you know, like when I, when we mentioned the tragically hit, Neil's like, oh yeah, like I've met, you know, like I've I've met those guys and I've done sound for them before and they're they're really nice and they you know they do like huge shows in Buffalo, they do huge shows in like Michigan, but then outside of that, a lot of people in America like really have no clue who who they are and it's you know, and, but true. then I, then I turn around and I think about a band like like you guys, like I I like I would bet money that I don't have on the fact that like. Middle America, Silverstein does a show. Tragically Hip does a show across the street. Like you guys are having more kids. For that's sure. absolutely no, absolutely. There's, 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 that's just the but way. But then it I is. think about like you know Trudeau at, at like you know Trudeau is probably not going to like they're, they're, they might not broadcast like a Silverstein show on CBC and the Prime Minister might not show up. But that happens for the Tragically Hip in Canada because they're like the biggest Canadian band. Exactly. You well, know, there's a lot so, of reasons with you know Canadian content on the radio and stuff, but the the border towns have it too because like if you take example, eighty nine X like is a huge Detroit radio station like for rock music, and yep. they actually broadcast out of Windsor, so they have to play thirty five percent Canadian music. So everybody in Detroit they hear Tragically Hip, they hear Our Lady Peace, they hear yep, they'll hear uh, our, the Arkells. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you know. and those are bands that probably a lot of our American <clears throat> listeners right now, my American listeners, I should say, actually don't know. Those bands. Sure. 
So it, yeah. it is like very, it is very interesting. And, and to relate this back to, you know, where we are and where like our careers and, and success and, and in terms of like hardcore, like that's always been a thing too. Like, like for example, of we, you know, we took the approach, we got to start in the U S because it's a lot easier to go from the U S to Canada than vice versa. And that's the same approach yeah, you took. Definitely. Whereas you yeah. take a band like Alexis on fire who had huge amount of success in Canada and yeah, like everywhere else in the world, band. but always struggled in the U.S. because they tried to do it the other way, and it, it just never, it just doesn't work that well, you know, to go that of course. to go that way. Yeah, yeah, and that that was one of the things that um, that was like a giant priority for us. Was like, yeah. yo, we're like we're just finally touring a lot. Like, we need to go to other places because, you know, I I, th- I think the one thing that a lot of bands fall into is like they do really well in Canada to where they're getting paid, you know, like thousand, maybe more a a night for a show. And then they get an offer to go on an American tour and it's like, okay, like this is your first American tour. So the offer is a hundred dollars a night. And you know, a lot of Canadian bands will see that and be like, well, you know, why the fuck would I like spend a thousand dollars on a work visa and go over the border and do these tours to make, to barely make gas money, Yeah, you know? And, and I think that, that was a big deterrent for a lot of the bigger Canadian bands. But see, the, the cool thing for us was just like, you know, when we started touring America, we were at most getting paid like $300 to play Canada. So we were just like, oh, well, whatever, the exchange rate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of on par. Fuck it, we'll do it. <laughs> and, sure. you know, and that's, and that's why we did it. And it wasn't a big deal for us. We were like, yo, either way, we're losing money. So it's January. Let's go tour like Western US and like, you know, let's go tour the West Coast and like hang out in Hollywood and stay at the guys from Volume's house and like have all this fun uh, while our parents are like shoveling snow in the driveway, you know, like that Absolutely, kind of stuff. Man. So, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that was really it. Like that was the, that was the big, you know, that was, that was like the, the defining moment was when we were first doing the US. And the weird thing was when we first started touring the US, people knew who we were, which was very strange because it was even before victory had put anything out like i remember the first show we ever played in the u.s was in rapid city south dakota wow and it and it was at a amvets hall with shy halud hundredth us and a couple local bands and i remember playing the show and i remember kids going ape shit for like for us and i was just like yo this isn't buffalo this isn't like detroit or yeah you know a border city this is fucking on the other side of of you know like this is right below uh Saskatchewan and this is <laughs> South like, Dakota dude it's not like New York City or, or Philly or exactly, something like that's exactly. like that is wild man but Rapid but you know City, the, South Dakota the power of the power of the internet and the power of just the hardcore scene you know like of course and, and to bring it back to what I was we were talking about earlier MySpace the reason why <laughs> I think the main reason why people know like knew the, those songs was because of MySpace and it was just like you know and like to tie it all back in it's like that was a time when that shit was so powerful and it had this gigantic reach, you know, and you didn't have to pay like 20 bucks to get a hundred thousand more people to be able to see your link on Facebook. Like it was just, it was just out there and ready to go. And people were looking for it. People were always looking for new bands and, you know, kids were hungry for new music. And I think that's, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of it might be like right place, right time. Like we kind of just popped up right as this style of music was like becoming popular again. And then, you know, and here we're still doing it. So it's yeah, it's a no, cool feeling. I, I mean, you can. You, I'm sure there's there's always those factors, but I mean, obviously, you you guys are are a talented, you know, real ass band. So Thank you. don't don't sell yourself short. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I do want to talk a little bit about that, though, because, you know, you do you do downplay some of your success and you do downplay some of your your own talents almost within your band. And I always felt like I still feel actually, to be honest, you guys yeah. are kind of like underdogs in the scene. And like, you know, for example, you guys have never done Warp Tour. Um, yeah, you know, sure. just just now over the last little while, you guys are starting to do more like, you know, bigger tours, like mainstream tours. Like sure. You got the one coming up with Parkway Drive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's and we came like, literally going to be our biggest. Yeah, that's absolutely. Be our biggest North American tour we've ever done. Right. Like, and, and, you know, you're talking about you guys have been a band for almost 10 years. And and just sure. kind of now you guys are sort of starting to get into that realm, you know, into that world. Now, I just kind of want to ask you how. Why it's happening now? Why it hasn't happened before? Uh, yeah. And kind of how your mindset has been? Because it seemed like for so long you guys were just touring with hundredth and other hardcore bands over and over again, playing the same yeah, like three hundred cap rooms, and kind of. I of mean, I don't want to be insulting, but almost just sort of spinning your tires a little bit. No, no, and like that—that's the, you know that's absolutely how we felt too. Like you know we, it got to a point where we were you know it, it was right around like like 2013, like right after Helen Home came out. And it finally got to the point where we were like, yo, you know, we're playing these shows and we're like opening these packages and we're having better sets yes. than these other bands. Yes. You know, or it'll be like, you know, we're, you know, and, and like not even I'm like, I'm really trying to like, I'm really not trying to like, you know, be rude or, or like, you know, how to like come off as egotistical when I say this, but there was a tour that we did with shy halud and a plea for purging it was their co-headliner and then it was us and dead icons and i think that was like one of the first times where we were like we were two of four and everyone's and i remember exactly and yeah. you know and and to, to like for us we were like i don't get it like shy halud's playing like what the hell do you like why are you leaving you know and i would mention that to kids i'd be selling merch and they'd be like okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm actually going to go like you guys are sick tonight. And I'm like, well, you're not going to stay and watch Shy Halud or plea for purging. And they'd be like, no, not really. I don't really like those bands. And I was just like, yeah. this is crazy. And I think that that was, you know, and if anybody in, in Shy Halud or plea for purging is listening, like, I'm really not trying to be a dick. I'm no, just, you're not, you're not being you a know. dick though. You're, you're telling it like it isn't. And they would have noticed too. Like, I mean, I remember sure. that here's the difference though. And here, here's kind of what I'm getting at is like, I remember a tour we did too. We did the take action tour in 2006 and yeah. we were direct support to Matchbook Romance, and it was the same thing. We were playing, and, and most of the show was leaving after we played. And sure. Matchbook Romance was not happy about it, um, but you know they're getting they're getting they're the ones getting paid too. That's what I'm and, saying. And like, and, you and, know. and and what happened though is after that we realized we're like okay we're drawing we're drawing people, so we booked a headline sure. tour and we played those rooms again and we headlined and then you know or we realized okay we we can now support bigger bands and our agent was of able course. to get us bigger shows but it seemed like you guys were doing that for years like you guys yeah, were yeah, being, and- you guys were the underdog like playing to a four or direct support for bands that weren't drawing as much as you for years sure yeah absolutely and, and i think i think a big reason behind that is just not having you know not having like the ideal team behind your band you know what i mean because okay, after yeah. like 
after for a little while when when Paul and Rich were like weren't managing us anymore and we had other dudes and we had you know a couple different booking agents and um you know really no like solid manager for a little while it was really hard to be taken seriously like because there would be all these bands that have you know they have like they have the good management and they've got the good booking agent and we would get these tour offers and we'd be like well wait like we're only getting $200 and we're two of four like we're bigger than all these bands and then it would be like well you know and then we would have a manager at the time be like well you should still take it because you know you want to get in in that that like you want to get in good books with that booking agent and that manager and then to me I was just like well why don't I just go get that booking agent and manager to work for us you know <laughs> yeah and sure. like and nothing against them but it was just kind of yeah. like you know I'm getting beaten over the head with like you have to you know you have to bend over backwards for this management company and you know like you got to bend over backwards for good fight you got to bend over backwards for agency group and then I was just like well then why the fuck aren't they working for us because that seems like it would you know that seems like that would just completely yeah. you know that would change things and then so that was the next course of action where we like sort of solidified our team a little bit and then like it was like night and day like i remember like literally for the same tour we originally got offered like two of like fucking or no i think it was it was three of like six or three of seven it was for like some huge yeah. tour yeah and then we turned it down because the money was low it was like hey you know here's like 200 dollars a night what we were used to and we're like you know what we're gonna say no come back you know we get the new management, we get new booking agent, like all that stuff. It starts falling into play immediately for the same tour. Hey, here's a direct support offer for like 400 bucks. And it's just like, yes, like this is what we've been saying. Like, this is what we've been after. So, you know, I think that, and, and I think that it was, you know, it was just our fault for acting like, you know, out of haste and being like, well, somebody's better than nobody. And a lot of times, let's just get on the road. That's not really the case because, you know, when you have a manager, other managers aren't looking to, you know, they're not going to show interest because no one wants to be the guy that, you know, swooped the band from, from somebody else. Like no one's trying to have that, that reputation. So, you know, sometimes being a free agent isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. No, especially, you know, like for us, like when we were finally at victory, it was like, you know, Hey, we got, we're, you know, we're not signed right now. Like there was, there was, it was weird. There was a period in like, you know, I don't even remember, like, I guess like 2000, 2014, 2015, when like we were unsigned again and we were just like, all right, motherfuckers, like, what do you got for us? Like, what are you going to do for us now? And, you know, you kind of just open the door and then they start rolling in. But obviously none of those labels are going to come contacting us being like, Hey, like, don't, sh- don't tell victory, but Hey, can we maybe say, cause no one, you know, that's just bad business practice. Like no one's going to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's not, so, I don't think it's even legal, but, um, no, yeah, but yeah, Hey, like, I mean, yeah, on once, yeah, once you're free agents, did you guys, uh, did you guys get some sweet free dinners or anybody? Oh yeah. 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 That's, that was, uh, that's always, that's always been cool using that. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go out for dinner. It's like, Oh yeah, sure thing. Like, you know, yeah, just well, like if I was good looking, maybe I'd go to a bar and try and get uh, try and get some free drinks. But eh, whatever, same same shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to be good looking; you just have to be a good singer, right? So true for those labels. Fuck, to, yeah, well, luck, maybe. Luck. But yeah, you know, and, and I think that you know we were we were just kind of in that in that funk and like in that underdog position. And like honestly, I still think we are because, like you said, you know, there's there's all these tours that we that we just get completely passed over for, like 
Warp Tour, for example, you know, it's like we, I think that we would be an amazing fit for the tour and I think it'd be great. And then it's like, oh, we either didn't get an offer or the offer wasn't feasible for us because it'd be like, well, why are we losing money? Like, you know, we're not, we're not a new band anymore. Like you said, we've been, we've basically been a band for coming on 10 years. It's like, I can't, you know, not that I have crazy, not that any of us have like crazy bills and we're all like, you know, in debt. Like I still live with my parents, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'm not going to go away and lose money when I can go get a job at a coffee shop in Hamilton and make more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I get it. I mean, I mean, it was something like Warped Tour though. And I mean, you're, you know, I'm almost going to, I'm going to quote you from, from like maybe 10 minutes ago when you said like a lot of Canadian bands can make a thousand bucks across Canada and then they don't want to go they don't want to go into the U.S. and only make a hundred bucks a night and lose of money, course. so they're, it's a little short-sighted. Well, it's the For same sure. kind of thing with with something like Warp Tour, and obviously yeah, yeah, you got to get your that. foot in the door. And um, you know, but but a big problem was like you know you guys are you guys are supporting like hundredth, and even though you might be drawing as many or more people than them, they're yeah. the ones that get the offer for Warp Tour because they're the ones course, that were headlining that tour. Yep, you know, hundred percent. I think that. The other thing, like the other thing is that, that also comes into play too, is I think that, you know, us downplaying our band and like downplaying like that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think that's, you know, I, I don't think that's, that's necessarily like just a trying to be modest thing. Like we are actually scared. You know what I mean? Like when, <laughs> when we, when we first booked that, you know, like we've only done one headline tour in, in, in America and it was the one that we just did with expire and Gideon and knock loose. And I remember like, you know, when we were booking that tour, I remember like being scared shitless, being like, man, if, if this doesn't go well, like this is literally it. Like if if this, you know, if we're, if these shows are bad, like we're probably fucking done. And, and it like really set in and, um, you know, you know how you get, you get like ticket counts and stuff like beforehand. It'll be like, yeah, there's this many pre-sales. We were getting them and it was just like, you know, not that pre-sales are everything because we're not, you know, we're not fucking 1975. Like we're not selling out venues in advance, you know, but, um, like we were getting these, these pre-sales and I remember day one, um, well, no, sorry. Day two was in Iowa city and it's like one of our favorite places to play. Like for whatever reason, I love, Iowa. I mean, the, I love Iowa the, city, the, city, the city's amazing. Like I love yeah. Iowa city, but the shows are always nuts. And so we, we booked the show at, um, at like, uh, like blue moose or whatever, like yep. upstairs yep. and, uh, or no, sorry, it was downstairs. And we, the ticket count the day before was like 60 and we were all just like, God damn it. Like it's done. It's like, you know, this is going to be miserable. And then we walk in and the promoter and we're like, I'm like, Hey, you know, how's presale going? Like last update I got was around 60 and he's like 60. There's like 160 tickets. And I'm like, Oh fuck. All right. And then, Every day just got like a little bit better and better. And we were hearing like, hey, chain sold out. Hey, like Webster sold out, like all these places. And we, it really just like, it, it like, it lifted us up because we were just like, yo, we were about to fucking break up if this tour didn't go well. And it's going like way better than we had ever hoped. And now, you know, now that we have it under our belts, I think things will start changing you know well now i mean it, now you have those now you've proved it right like now you have those sure. headline numbers and now you know now that's the reason that you guys are are you know doing tours with like parkway drive and stuff like that's the of way course. it works and that's the way you you know you play the game god we've talked a lot about this music industry stuff haven't we yeah, um, yeah for sure but it, like the thing is like you know a lot of people that that 
just come to shows and like don't see it from our side like they don't really have any idea you know what i mean like there's kids that will come up and be like you know hey next like you know like there, there was kids when we announced that that we came as romans routing date stuff there's kids that were like hey like do you think like you could headline this show and it's like man that's like it really doesn't work like that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and and, yeah. and for us like I, I you know we always laugh and we're like can we just headline like yeah we'll just call we came as romans and say oh uh you know how many millions of fucking records have you sold well no we're gonna close tonight and we all laugh about it but then you know it kind of comes back and we're like well that's not really fair because they don't really know the ins and outs of like yeah. this industry you know what i mean so i don't know it's we can like exhaust ourselves talking about like the good and bad in it, but I think a lot of people that will listen to this like really won't have any idea that that's. No, kind of I'm, how I'm definitely work. certain. Like, and we're, it's we're, it's pretty fucking sick. Well, we're talking you know, about things that that I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, really, that's how it works. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, for in sure. terms of like money and and, and and headline numbers and and uh, you know getting support <laughs> tours like that's that stuff is something that doesn't really get talked about um, in, in terms of publicity and interviews so for sure so yeah, yeah, man, yeah there's, absolutely. there's so many people that that think like you know like like even for that parkway drive tour like there's so many people that are like oh like why are you guys opening and or you know or like well like you know this is a weird tour for you guys like why would you guys take this and it's like aside from the fact that you know killing with a smile by parkway drives like one of my favorite metalcore records ever um it's also like well you have to think like how many times can we play how many times can we tour with hundredth and being as an ocean and expire and straight from the path and stick to your guns and knock loose. It's like, you know, you eventually have to branch out. And then once you kind of start explaining that to kids, like, okay, let's say for example, there's going to be like a thousand kids in a room on that tour. There's probably going to be like 200 that know who we are and like our band. And then there's going to be 800 kids that are hearing us for the first time. So then when we turn around and headline, you know, then, if like a hundred of those kids come out, that's a hundred more kids every night sure. for our shows. And then in turn, we do the bigger shit. And then we get the warped offers and well, we there get you go, man. the I offers mean, to go out with a day to remember. And when you explain that to people, they, they're really like, Oh shit, I never thought of it like that. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's a business like anything else. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, that you're not even thinking about is like, is like just having the name counterparts on the poster, like everybody going to see Parkway drive, like people that are interested in music and care about new bands, they're going to go, yep. well, oh, Counterparts, well, they're opening. Maybe I'll check out a few songs, and maybe sure. they'll like, really like your band. If Parkway thinks they're cool, I'll probably think right. they're cool. And that's, that's a big thing, too, is just being on that tour and getting that getting that exposure. But you just said like you put so much value in in your headline show, in your headline numbers. You put like so much value in it that you're like, if only 60 people in Iowa show up, well, we're going to... We're gonna break up. Yeah, like, yeah, like, literally. And then, that's, that then was our that was our mindset. Everything you need to do, everything in your power to make sure that doesn't happen, which includes you know supporting bigger artists that you you know yeah, that you can sure. support. And, so. and I I love opening tours. Like I think it's the sickest thing in the world. Like on Parkway, the venues are gonna be fairly big. Like a lot of them are like House of Blues and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to like doors being open at seven. Like maybe a local band, maybe not. We play and then like, you know, I can I can shower and like settle with the promoter and get ready to go probably before we came as Romans or even like on song one. And then it's just like, then we just get to hang out all night. Like that's, yeah, you know, as opposed to, okay, doors are what, six and we play at 11? Like, oh, fuck. And we just like sit yep. there and I gamble for five hours and lose all my money and then – you know, then it's like, oh shit! I just lost a hundred dollars today, and now I have to go play a show. You know, it's <laughs> you're it, a gambler. Like, oh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, what are you it's, gambling? It's, get, it's getting bad. What are you gambling on? Tour on? We play, on tour, we play a lot of 31. We play a lot of dice. Um, lately, because we've been off for so long, we've been playing poker a lot. At yeah. my, like in my basement. Dude, you, uh, need we all have me, in, like, you need to have me down, man. Dude, hundred percent. If I'm you're a, if you're down to play poker, come through. Like, oh, I'm a sick. poker. I'm a poker guy. I'll absolutely come. And I'm and I'm out in Oakville right now too, so I'm not even far away from you. Okay, perfect. So yeah. Do, seriously, minutes. give me a call. I'm I'll, I'll, I'm definitely down. But um, absolutely. Uh, also, no, if you're into Magic the Gathering, we got into that real 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 hard in the past couple of weeks. So I'm that's not. Another if thing if, too. if that's something I can pick up relatively quickly, sure. What the hell? Why not? I mean, Honestly, I'm playing I picked, I'm playing Pokemon I it up now, in like so. A week. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, like honestly, if like any card game, it's very similar. Like I was, oh, yeah. I was really, I was really like, you know, I'm not learning that shit. There's like twenty thousand cards, like no fucking way. And you know, a good friend of mine, Calvin, like pretty much like sat me down and was like, "Yo, I'm playing. I'm teaching you how to play this game right now. It's sick." He taught me, and now I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I, I guess I, I like magic now." So, <laughs> it, but I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we've been off for five months. So it's just like. Anything I can do to pass time, I'm like, yep, yeah, sure. Like, you know, oh, what's that new show? Like, oh yeah, fuck, I'll I'll, I'll try and binge watch Stranger Things, or yeah. I'll do anything because like I don't want to sit and stare at my wall anymore. I hate it. So you've been off for five months, really? Yeah, we've been home since April. Why? Um, are you guys ra- well, writing? You're not. Are you writing a new record or anything? We we are writing. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah. Um, now that we have, you know, our new guitar player Blake has joined the band and you know we've we like he's been here when we did that little weekend run yep. we actually ended up writing a couple songs then and you know we're looking to record early next year so a summer release would probably i think it's possible but then again you know more music industry shit like i don't know i don't know how long it takes to press vinyl right but, yeah long, um, a long time but yeah a lot of it a lot of it you know a lot of it came from the fact that we had we had the architects tour booked you know, and then sadly, oh, Tom, yes, Tom died God, and, damn, that's you know, really and everything sad. like that. It's, it's the worst, you know, yeah. and shout out to those guys and, Big you know, time, yeah. RIP Tom like that. I that's, hope they're doing it hanging in there. That's, that's real tough. Me too. I, I um, really think that they are, you know, and like, it sucks, you, you know, not that I wish it on anybody, but it's like, they're literally, you know, like some of the best people I've met. Like I, I put them up in the category with, you know, like I do with you guys where it's like. You know, we were this like this opening band, like struggling, and you know, people were kind of not respecting us and kind of fucking us up, like over a little bit. And what you guys did for us with like you know with profits and everything, like that's what Architects did when we yeah. were touring with them in 2011. When we met, wow. you know, like yeah. they they've been to bat for us so many times. Like I've literally walked into like Sam screaming in a promoter's face about like when we're supposed to play because no one's in the room yet and shit like that. And it's nice. just like that's you awesome, know to man. hear to hear that. You know they're going through that, and yeah. you know a good friend of mine passed away. Like, it was fucked. We're all we're all severely bummed out about it. But you know you got it. You know it's it's a it's a part of life, I guess. You just have yeah. to fucking deal with it. It's actually like the first time I've ever experienced something like that. So it's yeah. very weird to me. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel, but um, you know I've written about it before. It's like fuck. What can you do? You just gotta. It's pretty gotta crushing. Live. I mean, the the worst that I had happen in that um, realm was when we were on tour with Bayside in two thousand five, and they yep. got in an accident, and their drummer yep. their drummer died, and Absolutely. literally like you know we were at the all at the hospital, and um, that was yeah that that I mean that ruined me for a better part of a year. I wasn't really I wasn't really right for about a year. So it, yep. it is really amazing, you know, that the power of that, and um, you know, I think 
You know, there's no shame. If you know, there's no shame in getting help. There's no shame. I should have, of course. You know, I should have got help for it, and, and um, <clears throat> definitely. And instead, I you know did things I shouldn't have done, and whatever. But you know, it is it is really true about about um, how much that can affect people. And we this got dark in a hurry. Damn, damn, dude. It 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 did. Um, it did. But, but I, I do want to talk about know. something else, though. I want to talk about uh, the of departure course. of Jesse from your band. Uh, obviously, he's a big time was a big time songwriter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, that was a. Uh... That was a huge one. Yeah. So, I mean, now, I, are you guys are you concerned a little a lot about? Uh, are you concerned at all about him leaving the band? Your sound changing? Um, is he going to be working with you guys in any capacity, writing at all, uh, as well? Um, he he won't be. I think I like. I truly think that Jesse's just like, you know, he's just done with this. You know, this genre of music and this yeah. this world. I think. I think over the past couple of years, like, you know, obviously when, when someone says like, yo, I'm, I'm leaving, it's, it's, it's a huge blow. And you're like, what the fuck? Like that came out of nowhere. But then you kind of step back and, you know, think about it and think about what happened. And all of a sudden you're just like, you know what, maybe it wasn't, maybe this isn't a surprise. Like maybe I should have just been more observant yeah. with the way things go. And like, Nothing, nothing, like not in a bad way. He's just like, he's just fucking over it. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he did he like, he didn't, he didn't like touring. He, you know, and then I think it got to the point where he was like, I don't want to write this stuff anymore. So, you know, and we were like, we were all worried for sure. And we knew before, before we went on the headliner. So I think that was also in the back of our minds, like, okay, if the headliner goes bad and we're losing our like main songwriter, like yeah. we're fucking done. Like there's no way we're right. bouncing back from this, Absolutely. but the tour ended up being amazing. And then, you know, we were, we were a little bit worried. Like I, you know, I'm very competent. Like Adrian, Adrian's an amazing guitar player. He's an, you know, he's an amazing songwriter too. Um, same with Brian, our bass player. Like he played guitar in his old band. Um, and then pretty much as soon as Blake came on board and we were jamming and, you know, he was already like, yo, I have ideas for songs. Like, can I send them? And he did. And we were getting them, and then when he was here, and you know, like him and I, like literally wrote a song like in my basement together. Like that was the first yeah. time, aside from the instrumental song on Profits, like that was the first time I'd ever like written guitar for the band. And it actually, you know, and then so all these songs kind of came together, and uh, you know, we're listening back on these demos we have, and I'm just like, why are we? Well, you know, oh fuck, I was an idiot to like to be worried because, you know, the the cool thing about the band is like you know we're obviously going to go record with will putney again and it's okay. like he he's not going to let us put out shit like he's not gonna he's <laughs> not gonna want to put his name on something that isn't 100 percent. so at the very least like maybe we're delusional and we're just excited and we give him all these songs and we're like this is a record he'll still be like no nah, this fucking sucks like let's you know we gotta we gotta fix this shit so i'm i'm really not worried um so he's kind of like the sixth of, member of the band at this point he really is like like yeah. everybody at, at at that studio. Honestly, like him, Randy, Steve, like Tom when he was working there, like all those guys. Like they, you know, not not that not that um, I don't know. Like not that we were like fucking. You know, I've seen some of the stuff they've done for other bands and how bands just like kind of give them a bunch of money and say write the record for us. Like it wasn't like that, but it was just. It's kind of like like coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, this song's really cool, but you can do better. And I'd be like. Yeah, you're fucking right. I can I can write a better line than that, and then I would do it. And it would force me to to get my brain working, and that's you know that's a good producer. I think like you know any producer can be like, oh, give me the fucking guitar, I'll record it. Like, give me the guitar, I'll write the part. But 
you know, to actually like get the best product out of somebody else. I think that's like, that's the reason why we like working with Will so much. So, you know, you, you combine that and the fact that Blake is like an unbelievable guitar player. And I mean, like he was in hundreds. So it's like, fuck, you know, at the very least for everyone listening, like we'll probably have, you know, it, the, the style, the style isn't too different. So don't, you know, don't worry. It's not like he was in fucking, you know, some death metal band and we're going to fucking, I'm going to start doing pig squeals again. Well, but. you know, you're, uh, <laughs> well, you know, your record, I mean, your records have progressed. Uh, you know, every record is, is not yeah, the same, I think so you know? Too. Um, so I don't think people should be too concerned and, and, you know, obviously you guys are, are very, your guys are conscious about this, you know? For so, sure. yeah. so I and think it's going to be that, all right, but, um, yeah, of course. And uh, like, obviously I, I think, I think the main thing that people, that people don't get like when, you know, cause we obviously saw the comments like. Oh fuck, Jesse's leaving. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna be able to come back from this. Like, I don't know if, you know, I don't know. I don't know if if Counterparts is gonna sound the same and all that shit. And it's like, do you think we would put out something shitty? Like, do you like this? This is this. You know, Counterparts is literally my entire life. It, it's it's everything. It's when I wake up till I go to sleep. Like, it's the only thing that I care about. It's it, like everything else. I've lost interest. I've like you know there's people i've lost interest in like everything is temporary but this fucking band for me right now and it's like do you do do people really think that i'm gonna jeopardize that like do people really think i'm like you know oh you know what like touring the world and getting paid to fucking go to all these sick cities and eat sushi every single night of my life is like (laughs) that that sucks you know like i want to go you know i want to go back to working a job that i hate like that sounds so sick it's like why are you nuts like why would i you know why would I ever, why would I ever blow this opportunity? Sure, you know, like, and, and, and to go back to what you were saying about the legacy, like, you know, being conscious of this like legacy that you're leaving behind. Yeah. Do, do we want to be the band that's like, Oh yeah. Like that record was cool. Yeah. The next three were cool. And that's where it turned to dog shit. And I don't like him anymore. Like, do you well, really think that's, you know, like, I don't do people think, really no, think that that's I don't think anyone thinks for? that that's what you want to, that's what you're going to do or what you're going to, going to try to do or you're going to phone it in the, the sure. reality though is that making good records isn't easy it takes oh, fucking fuck work no. and time yeah, and effort and for you sure. know a lot of things have to click um uh, yeah, otherwise sure. everybody would be out there making great records and that doesn't happen so i think that that is what the fear you know yeah yeah and, and you know and and a lot of it um and you know that fear was was very real like we were all we were all like hanging out together, just like, all right, what do we do? Like Jesse's leaving. Are we, I asked everyone, I was like, all right, are we, you know, is it over? Like, are we fucking hanging it up? Are we going to like book a final tour or are we going to like keep going and like give it a hundred percent like we always do and, you know, put out the fucking, the, you know, the next chapter of counterparts. Like, you know, like it's, it's essentially, a story and we're, you know, or like a TV show and we're getting into season, we're getting into season 10 right now. Like come January, like that's season yeah. 10 yeah. and we're, you know what I mean? And we're like, you know, we're not about to fucking, you know, like it's, it's, you're not going to pull a lost to, or anything. Of course. Yeah. We're not trying to pull the, you know, we're not going to leave people hanging. We're not trying to do like the twin peak season two finale. <laughs> like we're not, you know, we're just, we're literally like, you know, we, we all want to do this and it's, it's, I think everybody's on the same page. At least that's what they, you know, that's what they project. And yeah. we're all the most excited about playing in the band than we have been in like 
years. Well, so. I mean, it's an exciting time. I mean, you guys have the biggest <laughs> shows you've ever played. Uh, and, of course. And, you know, you, you got some, I mean, you've had some time to write a record and figure it out. And, and sure. that's really uh, great looking forward, man. I, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you guys. And, you know, obviously I've had your back since day one. Yeah, of so um, it's, yeah, it's really great, day man. One, like, yeah, like you, you guys were, you know, coming up, like I, you know, I always tell the story, like there was a period when, you know, 99% of bands in Ontario, like, hated us for fucking some reason. Yeah, and that's true, you, you guys and I'm Committing a Sin were the bands that were like, okay, these guys are fucking stupid. Like, counterparts are sick, and we want to help them, and it's, like, directly because of that that we got any of this. There so, was, like, an amount of shit-talking and bull- almost bullying early in the, yeah. in the Hamilton scene. Like, I, I don't want to name names, but, like, it was kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and and, like... What I think it was is the fact that, you know, what I tell myself I think it was and not the fact that we suck is that, you know, we were we were doing really well and we were like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And so the other dudes in these other bands were like, you know, mid 20s like or later and they were kind of just like, who's this fucking this fucking kid like has you know like it was jealousy like, yeah yeah you know like who are these fucking kids like oh they're playing a show tonight and they have to go to fucking com tech and math class tomorrow morning like they you know and they were and you know i think that a lot of it came from being threatened you know they were they were felt like they were threatened yeah. and you know obviously like back back in those times like i definitely had like a big mouth and i was like a problematic dumbass like i, I think it was just it went from I don't know. I think it's because I like didn't drink and I didn't really know how else to have fun. So I was like, I'm just gonna like pick a fight with somebody and fuck it. And then that was like, <laughs> okay. you know, that's how I had fun back then. Okay. But but for whatever reason, like I really like I truly don't think that we like started any beef that we had because we no, were always like really nice and we were always you know we would always like you know we were playing with these bands in the Ontario scene that we literally idolized. Like we would go see them. You know, and then that's why we started a band because we were like, well, they live around the corner from me and they're fucking doing well. And then people love their music and they get to go on tour. So we want to do it. And we would always ask for advice and we'd always ask for help. And it seems like everybody but you guys and I'm committing a sin and the bands that we were actually friends with were just kind of like, you know, they just wrote us off and they were for some reason they were super rude. And like, you know, and uh, to be fair, I've had conversations with a lot of those people now and a lot of them have like made it a point to express how like shitty they feel about it. And like, yeah. you know, I don't, I really try not to like hold grudges anymore. And well, I guess you got to wonder know, how I, much of it, how much of it is them really feeling that way. And how much is it like, Oh shit. Counterparts is like a big band. Now we want to open for them. And my band hasn't gone anywhere in the last, uh, for sure. Nine and years. like that, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say too, that, like, but you know, you know, and I hope it's I, not true, but yeah, I, I mean, I've, oh, no, <laughs> but like I've definitely, I've definitely, um, you know, I've, I've seen, I, I feel like I've, I've gotten both. Like I've gotten the dude that's genuinely sorry for shit talking us and they make it a point and I like buy it. And then there's obviously the other dude that's like, Hey man, remember like we used to play together. Like you guys need an opener for that like show you're doing. It's just kind of like, yeah, I remember when we used to play together when you used to like make fun of us on stage and shit like that sucks. So why the fuck would I help you now? You know what I mean? Like, uh, but you know. Like I said, I really don't – and it just comes with, with you know, getting older and stuff. And, like, I'm 25 now, so the beefs that I had when I was 17 years old, like, I don't think about that shit really. Like, you know, I'm only really on the topic because we were discussing 
you know the the scene back in the day. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, it's, it's uh, a big part of who you know our relationship and where we grew up and who we are. So for sure. And, yeah, and the the one thing I I I do I really try to do to combat that is because we had such a hard time. Like I try to be what you guys and I'm committing a sin, and you know the other bands that helped us out did for us. I try and do that for other bands in in the Ontario scene now. Um, you yeah, know, for like. You, man. Like even you know, and and not not even because I'm like trying to get this like, oh like Brendan's a, a good guy. It's just like yo, like you, you see it now. Like there's so many Ontario bands that are signed, like us, Rarity, Seaway, Cold Front. Like all these bands are popping up and like touring the U.S. And I'm just like, this is so fucking sick. Yeah. Because now on stage, when I say, yeah, we're from Hamilton, Ontario, someone will go, wait, Rarity's from there, you know? And like people start. It's not like. Hey, we're from that tiny country, Canada. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's uh, we have the tragically hip there. Like that's really <laughs> it. You know, it's it's like, you know, it, like people start recognizing like, oh shit, there's like sick bands in Canada. You know, like fucking like like Pacific and say to say we're on Warp Tour this year. Like, you know, there's so many cool bands that are that are popping out of of Ontario, and I love yeah. that American kids are like, yo, Canada. It's only like five hours away, and they have sick bands too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some Canadian bands. No, absolutely. And and it, there, yeah. we went through a wall, man. There was a while where like it 100%. seemed like you guys kind of you guys seemed like kind of the last of it. And then for a few years, it seemed like there was nothing coming out of our area. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know. And I was starting to get worried. And then like yes, then Seaway kind of came out, and and now there's a, all, all those other bands you mentioned, and it's it really sure. is a good time for for the Ontario uh, scene. So I'm excited about it too. Me too. I, I think, you know, I think Canadian music and like Ontario specifically is, you know, we're doing really well. Like it's, it's getting to the point where it was back when it was like, you know, oh, like what are the big bands? Like, you know, you've got like Servicine, Dead Nevine, Holly Springs, uh, Sydney, the gorgeous, like all these Alexis bands. Alexis on Fire. Alexis on Fire. Like, <laughs> Boys Yeah. hundred percent. Like, you, yeah. Like there's so many bands that like fucking Rose is dead. Like, yeah. you know, every band from that area, like, yep. you know, we're starting to get back to that. And I think that that's so important because that was when I was having the most fun living in Ontario. Like that was when, you know, there was a show twice a week, uh, in Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville, like whatever. You didn't have to travel super far. And like, if I can, you know, anything I can do to help get the scene back to that, like, that's what I want to do. Um, like, you know, and I'm really trying to think of ways to do it that don't require me like taking out a loan and opening up a venue. But hey, man, hey, fuck let's it, let's do it. I can let's dream, go in right? on it together, man. Let's open a venue. I'd, I'd be down. That'd be so sick. It would be <laughs> sick, actually. But hey, all right, man. Hey, I I gotta let you go. This this conversation. Cool. This conversation's been amazing, man. I will let you yeah, go. Yeah, it's been great. Um, dude, anything else to add? But uh, before you know, anything else you want to say to the people before um, uh, we no, hang it up? No, nothing really. I would like it if anyone listening could go back. And listen to it from start to finish and count how many times I say, you know, or like in the conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, how many likes? Email yeah. me a tally, um, preferably by hand, uh, both of them, because, you know, it's either that or I have to wait and like just hear about it forever. So like just just send it to me directly and I'll work on it. I wonder if we had any boots or A's in there. <laughs> probably. That's what I'm wondering because the, the yeah, Americans will of, love that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, for sure, eh? <laughs> Oh, fucking right. <laughs> Sorry eh? about your hoose. Uh, yeah. No, man. Well, hey, thanks again for your time, Brendan. And, uh, uh, no problem, man. Yeah, man. Thanks it's for great, to me. great, great, great catching up. Cool. You too, man. Take care. Yeah, man. Thanks. Peace. 
So there it is, my conversation with Brendan of Counterparts. Dude just cracks me up. I, I don't even know if he means to, but he, he fucking kills me. Uh, so nice to have him on the show. Um, all the best for Counterparts with the future. I know they have some changes and stuff, but I know they're going to kill it. Uh, can't wait. By the way, like I mentioned, I did put out their first record profits on my label, Verona Records. So if you're interested in vinyl or CDs or whatever, uh, check it out again. VeronaRecords.com. I'm actually going to play a song from that first Counterparts record, Profits. Here is Digression on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. Bye.